Welcome. Everything returns to the fabric of the universe. You are listening to Fork and Bullshirt, the Good Place podcast. I'm Vivian. And I'm Jason. We'll be the architects of your afterlife. Today we're talking about Season 4, Episode 13, Whenever You're Ready. It was written and directed by Michael Schur, and it aired January 30th, 2020. Michael is practicing the guitar, eager to learn without using afterlife magic. He and Janet pick up Chidi from his well-attended lecture to go to a meeting of the Joint Council of Afterlife Affairs. The new system is working well, with new people being admitted into the good place every day. Jason and Janet wake up together before Jason meets his dad to play a game of Madden. He succeeds in playing a perfect game, and a calm passes through him. When he returns home, Janet can see it on his face. He has the rest of the group meet him to let them know that he's ready to go through the door, but first he wants to have a goodbye party. They celebrate, and afterwards Janet leads him to the door. He loses his parting gift, but Janet assures him that she will never forget him. They say their goodbyes, and Jason takes a seat. Tahani completes a handmade chair, crossing it off her to-do list. Janet tells her her parents have made it through the system. Tahani and Camilla are surprised when their parents greet them with unprecedented affection. We see a montage of the family spending time together. Tahani suddenly feels a sense of calm and invites the group over for dinner. As they're enjoying their final moments together, Tahani realizes that she has another goal, to become an architect. Michael brings her to the architect department where she is welcomed as an intern. Eleanor finally finishes what we owe to each other while Chidi reads the Da Vinci Code, finally finding pleasure in what he calls garbage books. They meet friends for dinner and drinks. Eleanor can sense something shift in Chidi, so she goes to Michael and Janet for help. Eleanor doesn't want Chidi to leave just yet, so she plans a trip to Athens. They enjoy their time roaming through the city and then move on to Paris. He tells her he has to go, and she begs him not to. After a moment, she realizes she owes it to him to let him go. They spend one final night together where Chidi tells her moving on is like a wave returning to the ocean. He says goodbye, and the next morning she wakes up to a calendar Chidi made for her. Chidi hugs Janet goodbye and walks through the door without hesitation. Janet discovers Jason is still in the woods. He found the necklace and waited for her to return. He gives it to her, they share a kiss, and he goes through the door. Eleanor visits Mindy and Derek. Eleanor convinces Mindy to go through the system, where Tahani will be her architect. Eleanor thinks she must be ready, so she has Janet bring her to the door. Michael shows up and tries to go through the door, but it doesn't work. Eleanor tries to convince him there's still more to do, but Michael is unconvinced. She persuades the judge to let Michael become human. Once Eleanor has helped Michael, she is ready to go. She sits with Janet and says her goodbyes. When she walks through the door, her essence becomes a tiny ball of light. That ball of light drifts to earth, entering a man and prompting him to make a good choice. He visits Michael, giving him his mail, and Michael tells him to take it sleazy. And with that, the good place is over. We're all done. I am so sad, but also so happy. It's like Eleanor saying goodbye to Chidi. She's very sad, but she's very happy because he's happy. Yeah, he's finally got this sense of peace that he never had when he was human and that he's worked so hard to get. (laughs) They've Uh, all worked so hard to get where they are, so. Okay, so let's start from the beginning. We start off seeing Michael recording himself playing the guitar, which is, of course, a beautiful nod to season two, where he kept recording himself trying to uh, make his experiments work. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a nice little moment of like, oh, wait, hold on a second. Is this not working? (laughs) 
then he pulls out the guitar. That was good. <laughs> he says something really interesting there. He says the whole point is to learn to do stuff without using afterlife magic. Mm. What do you think that means? Well, I think it's the point is to feel a sense of accomplishment and to work hard to do something. And part of that is Michael, I think, having always admired humans and admired the way that they work so hard to do things. When and they, they struggle. Yeah, because I think a lot of things come easy in the afterlife, right? Janet just magically gives you a, a guitar that knows how to play all these amazing songs, but you don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. You haven't learned that skill. And I think it's it's fun. It's a reminder that Michael has this affection for humanity and for the, the way they work so diligently. <laughs> and sometimes to a pointless end, he thinks, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's like Tahani's list, right? Learn how to do all these things, whereas obviously she could just say, hey, Janet, make me a chair. Make me the perfect chair. Yeah, repave my driveway for me. Yeah, the point is to experience these things yeah. fully. And I think there's, there's something that you don't get when something is given to you. Um, there's a difference between, you know, somebody making a meal for you and going out to, to a restaurant and having someone make that food for you mm -hmm. versus you understanding how to make it and feeling that sense of accomplishment when you've actually done it. Right. Yeah. So that was nice. I liked it. I thought it was nice that Michael, <laughs> even though he makes the joke about like, Oh, keep it on hand. Uh, he still decides, no, I'm going to, I'm going to put in the time and the effort and we'll see how this goes. I've got forever. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's nice. Did you notice that Michael had replaced the Doug Forsett picture? Yeah, he's got a picture of our four main characters. The good old cockroach squad. <laughs> team cockroach. Yeah, soul Back squad, team cockroach. And yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really sweet seeing their photos up there. It's nice. They're yeah. very important. I mean, Doug was extremely important and he was the one that, you know, was so close to guessing the real afterlife. Yeah. But... I think our cockroach, our cockroaches, mm -hmm. you know, did a little bit better. Yeah. So then we go to Chidi's lesson, and <laughs> I loved the uh, inclusion of Todd May and Pamela Hieronymi. Uh, I thought that was really great because they're both consultants for the show. So it was nice that, you know, they put them in there like, hey, we, we've had help. It's not <laughs> like I just read books and then <laughs> didn't consult anybody. That's nice. Yeah. So, did you take a look at Chidi's chalkboard? Look at any of the... I left that for you. Okay, all right. Because we were so <laughs> into that in season one, and that was kind of your bag, so... Yeah. So, he's got Death by Todd May, which we've talked about before, uh, and he's talking about in this lecture. We also have The Macropolis Case by Bernard Williams, Death by Todd Nagel, The Immortal by Borges, and Basic Writings by Xuanzu. Um... So I liked it because when I looked these up, it was very clear that he, um, Chidi is exploring opposing views. You know, he's not finding sources that only back up his argument that life is only good if it ends, right? Mm -hmm. He's getting some people like Bernard Williams saying that immortality is is just bad for you. It's going to lead to this like oppressive boredom, which we were shown <laughs> in the previous episode. Right. Yeah. And then he's got someone like Thomas Nagel who says life is always precious and continued life makes good things accessible. So we should, we should continue to live. Death is always an evil. 
So it's nice to see that you've got choices because the good place makes death a choice, right? They said in the last episode, you don't have to go through this door, but it's there if you want to go through it. And it's nice that we get to see one of our four humans not go through the door, Mm -hmm. too. Like, Tahani actively makes that choice. She thinks, oh, well, I've finished everything on this list, and I've had thousands of great days with my family, and so I must be done now. But then she realizes she has other things that she wants to do. So that's nice. Like, she didn't have to go through the door, and so she didn't. Well, that brings up an interesting point, because a lot of things that we saw on Tahani's list were... Things like physical things to learn or do, whereas none of those seem to kind of fulfill her the way that becoming an architect yeah. and designing these tests mm-hmm. would. Yeah. Obviously, we saw earlier in the season when she was talking to Eleanor, like, all I ever did was plan parties and I feel like I just didn't really make a difference and I want to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And in all the tasks that she does, you know, making a chair, repaving her driveway, um, one of them was redoing the Jesus fresco that that lady messed up, (laughs) which is really funny. But yeah, those are things that are not in service of other people. Yeah. They're like manual labor or like art or some sort of thing like that. It's uh, an individual task, I guess. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm glad that the last thing she decides to do is, hey, I actually really want to help people and I feel accomplished on my own as a person and I feel like I have the skills to do that kind of thing Mm -hmm. I mean obviously she had her part in helping save humanity but this is going to let her do that on her own too Mm -hmm. not as part of a group exactly so that's nice so yeah opposing views that Chidi was teaching yeah yeah so he was he was basically Showing people that there's a lot of different views and that, you know, whichever one you agree with, you get to make that choice. It's individual. Which I like too because (laughs) the way that Chidi has done things before hasn't been so gray. A lot of the stuff that he liked was really black and white. Like Kant is very black and white. And that made sense for Chidi as a person, you know, his anxiety, wanting to have things be very clear. But now he's exploring that gray and he's comfortable with people making their own choices and exploring things and getting the knowledge that they need to make those choices. But giving that to them, I think, is good. Even though they know what happens after death, they know they've all made it to the good place. They've all taken their tests and succeeded. Yeah. It's still still no excuse to let your brain become a little (laughs) become a smooth brain (laughs) yeah definitely plus they all live with the uncertainty of not knowing what's behind the door right and chidi said in an earlier episode uh the answer that he would never be able to go through a door without knowing what's on the other side and he does in this episode he finally does he's the first one to go through the door yeah he actually is we think it's jason but it's not uh, and he does it so calmly and so, and with such purpose. Yeah. Like, no hesitation, just done. Yeah. He doesn't take a moment to sit on the bench. He says his goodbye to Janet and he goes. Yeah. So I, I appreciated that there was uh, opposing views uh, in the stuff that he had on his uh, his chalkboard. There was an interesting thing I read. Williams, he argued that to avoid ennui, we would have to replace our fundamental desires over and over again. But to do this is to abandon our identities, which is tantamount to death. So basically, 
you see Tahani, right? Like this, this to me relates to Tahani because she's doing all of these new things. She's constantly changing her desires, her uh, to-do list, right? She's updating it, but she hasn't abandoned who she is as a person. Like he seemed to think that that's how it would be, that you'd have to keep changing and changing and changing because life would otherwise, or the afterlife would otherwise be oppressive boredom Mm -hmm. but Tahani remains herself I I thought it was interesting because Nagel uh, another guy that he mentions he disagreed he felt that that just meant we were transforming our interests and that transformation's not death and it would be preferable to transform than to be annihilated so that to me relates to Tahani and uh, I thought that was nice it's kind of like a if you want to read about this you maybe get like some extra little bit about Tahani there so that was nice. <laughs> Would you say it's safe to assume that Chidi has been teaching these classes for a long time? Yes. <laughs> and has met all of his other idols, like Aristotle and Plato? And they're not there. They're not there. How do we know that? Well, it to me, it kind of, I don't know. That's a tough one, right? Because they took people out of the bad place to go through the system. Right. So I don't know. He doesn't mention them. No, he doesn't mention them. And that's what that's why I bring this up, because I assume that these philosophers and theologists and everything, they would go through the test and make it through. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, of course, Chidi would meet them and talk with them. But we don't hear anything about that. And I was kind yeah. of like hoping for maybe a throwaway like, you know, it reminds me of that lunch I had with Plato, you know, a few Baramis ago or something. Right. Because we did hear that uh, they were in a bad place, but... But so would presumably be St. Thomas Aquinas, right? And then he ends up being in the good place. Yeah, he ends newly, up getting in. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. Maybe it's just they haven't, um, they haven't completed the system, the test yet. Hmm. So, I, I thought, yeah, we'd hear something about them, but nope, guess not. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that he's been running these <laughs> these classes for a while. For sure. Though. And I think it's got to be fun, too, because you get new people at it all the time. So, like, I would think that St. Thomas Aquinas would show up to, you know, some of Chidi's lectures and mm-hmm. be a guest speaker, which is, is cool, too. Like, Chidi's not on his own as a philosopher there. You know, mm-hmm. he gets to have Todd May and Pamela Hieronymi, and that's pretty cool. So then they go to see the Joint Council of the Afterlife of Afterlife Affairs. And of course, Chidi, Michael, and Janet are part of that. And I was a little bit surprised that Janet's part of it. Because Janet is like, she's still the mainframe, right? She's still what's holding up some of the neighborhood, I would imagine. Like every good place has I, to have a Janet, right? right? But I wonder if our Janet is kind of removed from all of that at this point. Right. And she's kind of, she's, she has more responsibilities than just a single neighborhood because of her new powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's definitely evolved. Like, she's not just a Janet anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was still a little bit surprised to see her on the, on the team. And then we have the Judge and Sean and Vicky. And we have Drew. And there are a pu- few people online saying, like, who is this guy? Why is he here? It's actually Andrew Law, <laughs> one of the writers on the show. Oh, okay. Um, and he was one of the committee members, but he was kind of like a background guy. Um, so I'm guessing that's what it is. It's that he's one of the Good Place committee people. Cool. So, 
Yeah. Uh, is that where we get the uh, the judge mentioning she's starting her leftovers rewatch? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, we get that great line about how Carrie Coon didn't get a, an Emmy or any awards for her performance, and then how uh, <laughs> and how Jen was going to erase two percent of humanity, <laughs> just like in the leftovers. <laughs> yeah. If you guys haven't seen the show, you should absolutely go watch it. It's not at all like The Good Place. It will make you cry a lot more, <laughs> but it's wonderfully written. Yes, um, and acted. Yes, beautifully acted. And it was one of the inspirations for this show, you know, thinking about the afterlife and what might have happened to the 2% of the people who suddenly disappeared in the leftovers. So some of the new inductees to The Good Place, I'll just briefly go over them in case anybody it doesn't know who they are, like I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> uh, Roberto Clemente is uh, was the first Latin American and Caribbean baseball player cool. to be enshrined into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1973. Nice. Uh, he died in a plane crash while en route to deliver aid to earthquake victims in Nicaragua. Aww. And there's Zora Neale Hurston, uh, the American author and anthropologist and filmmaker. She did research on hoodoo, or low country voodoo from South Carolina low country. Traditional African-American spirituality. Uh, she wrote about racial struggles in the American South. And interestingly, when she died, all of her writings were supposed to be burned. Why? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. The heck? Yeah, but a friend who was happened to be by her place, and who was also a cop, put out the fire and saved a huge collection of her work, which is now on display. Oh my gosh. Yeah, pretty fluky. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, and then of course, Thomas Aquinas, uh, Massively influential philosopher of the Catholic Church, who uh, attempted to bring some of Aristotle's philosophies into Christianity, despite some of Aristotle's contradictory views of the church. Mm. Um, Aquinas was fine with it. He said, you know, all truth is one. I thought that was interesting. Clara Peller, who is an actress and manicurist. I did look this one up because I was like, what is he talking about? Where's the beef? And I thought it was from like a meme. Like a recent meme? So let me just keep going here. Okay. Uh, she starred in the classic Where's the Beef? Wendy's ads from the 80s. Uh, interestingly enough, Wendy's sales plummeted after those ad campaigns came out and oh. didn't recover for almost five years. And yet Oops. still, <laughs> people know the phrase. Like, they know that Where's the Beef? But they don't know where it's from. Oh. Like, I... you you knew what where the beef was. I... Like, you've heard it before. No. No? No, it didn't sound familiar. I just thought... Oh, right. You were born in the 90s. Yeah, My exactly. Bad. I was born in the 90s. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what it was, but then the way that Michael said the, yeah, it's the where's the beef lady. So, that's fun. I thought it was going to be like one of those, you know, I ain't got time for this kind of like meme, you know, like oh, hide right, your kids, right, right. hide your wife, like some sort yeah. of like thing from a news cast that's what i was imagining sure. in my head it was so. it, the ads are kind of funny it's just like a bunch of old ladies sitting at the <laughs> restaurant and they're they're looking at their burgers which is just like all bun and they, they're opening up and they see this like tiny patty like where's the beef at like, where's the beef <laughs> and then they cut to like the big fat cats on their cruise ship called like the sss big buns or something <laughs> and they're just like laughing because we got big buns but no beef <laughs> You know, it's, yeah. Oh my gosh, anyway. okay. <laughs> That's fun, okay. Uh, the next person was Hazrat Bibi Rabia Basri. 
And um, Rabia actually means fourth, since she was the fourth daughter. Oh. She became ascetic, um, abstaining from sensual pleasures for spiritual goals, mm-hmm. uh, like the Jainism. Okay. Or yeah, Jainism. Cool. Um, Jainism is the most intense. They're the most intense practicers of uh, ascetic views. And, yeah. Ascetic yeah. life. Yeah, ascetic yeah, for life. sure. Yeah. Yeah, I remember we talked about them, uh, like, not even wanting to harm tiny insects on the ground yeah like one of the the examples is during a uh, like a rainstorm or something they would all huddle together in a single spot so as not to disrupt the life that thrives during rain and like wow so they wouldn't like want to step on the soil or anything because all these organisms will come up and soak up the liquids yeah it's not wanting to disturb life that is here and and necessary they tried not to pluck fruits or vegetables from the trees or the roots until they were like falling off basically Mm -hmm. yeah um but hazrat bibi rabia basri apparently is noted as the single most famous and influential woman of islamic history oh wow i'm glad that the writers decided to go with like some randos and some... Well, just, like, important people <laughs> yes. that have made um, that have made good choices and stuff and that just for some reason or another didn't make it into the good place. Like, for some, we know um, the first guy that you mentioned, the baseball player, like, that was at the point where no one was getting into the good place. Yeah, 1973. Um, but then this woman that you're just talking about now, like... She, she was, was I think, 8th like... century or something like that. So that was definitely way before oh, this yeah. 500 years. But for whatever reason, for some probably uh, misogynistic garbage reason, I'm imagining, she didn't get in. So that's cool. Or like... maybe her beliefs. Like, she was so set in not believing that there was a test to get into the good place that she was just stubborn and mm. didn't want to take it. Mm. Or refused. Or the tests that were given to her, they didn't understand her. And so the tests were more difficult. Yeah. Or maybe there's a queue. Maybe there's a backlog and everyone's in line <laughs> waiting, like tapping well, on their wrists. Like, come on. That's what they're kind of saying, too, in this meeting. Like, the part of the problem is we just don't have enough architects and, like, we got to keep things moving. And right. it's, it's hard because there's a whole lot of backlog of people in the bad place. <laughs> Billions. And lots of people dying every day. Yes. So, yeah, it's going to be hard to keep up with. Uh, we get Sean oh, refusing yes. <laughs> to admit that this is the, the better solution. Yeah. With 24 evers. Wow. That many. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That reminds me. How I met your mother. How I met your mother. It's like, no, 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 no. He is not my boyfriend. It's like, really? 16 knows. So what? Sean knows that this is kind of his good place now and that the old system was kind of his old good place system like just monotonous going through the same crap over and over again Mm. torturing the same way over and over again but this new system gives him actual purpose new things to do all the time Mm. Mm -hmm. it's keeping things fresh for him and he will never admit it yeah but i love that little smile he gives michael and when michael's just like yeah i know buddy and he yeah. smiles and then... And then he's like, wait, I can't... Uh, I'm, I'm not smiling. Mm, I'm still a, I'm still a stubborn old jerk. <laughs> Which is great because then later we see him too and he just can't seem to get the menacing tone out of his voice. And he's yeah. like, no, I'm being sincere. It's just, sorry, I didn't mean for that to sound evil. <laughs> it's nice. 
I'm still kind of like, I want him to stay evil, so mm-hmm. I appreciate that he hasn't completely, like, been Michaelified or whatever. <laughs> so we're going to jump ahead 2,242 Baramis. Okay. Which I did some math. Oh, okay. Did you actually figure it out? I, I tried to do... <laughs> okay. I know I'm sure Baramis are not a consistent unit of measurement. One Baramis might be, <laughs> you know, five Baramis the next week or I don't know, whatever. But Dotted the eye and all that exactly. stuff. Exactly. So Jason says that it took him 433,000 tries to get the perfect game of Madden. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that he tried to play every day. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And if he plays every day... At least once a day. At, at least. least once a day. Yeah, he once... must have tried a few times every day. Sure. <laughs> but let's go with once a day. Okay. So if Jason is doing one game every day mm-hmm. for 433,000 days, that's 1,186 years. Okay. it's a lot of time. Yeah. So that <laughs> A lot means... more time than you would ever live on Earth. So that means one Jeremy Baramy is 1.89 Earth years, if it's consistent. Okay. Approximately. And if he does, you know, there's a lot of ifs in there. But, yeah, yeah. But it gives some context for some dates later on. Yeah. And we do get the sense that it's been a long time that they've been doing this. Like, Donkey Doug is there. Pillboy is there. Um, we get to see that there are new people coming in. And these things have been established, like the system, the the test system has been established, this joint council of afterlife affairs has been established. We, we have an idea that time has passed, like a good deal of time has passed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I thought it was really funny that they go to the stadium to play Madden. I've won, like, I've never played a game like a video game of a sport and I don't get it at all. Like I just don't really? get the appeal. Okay. I did not like it does not appeal to me in any way, shape, or form. So just like seeing him sitting in center field with the Jags logo beneath him and then the, the audience was just so ridiculous to me. I thought it was so Jason. It was pretty great. I actually thought that when we first saw Donkey Doug that he was like part of Jason's illusion or something. I didn't think Kinda he was like actually when there. We saw him in Janet's void in the the hot tub. Yeah, or Pillboy. Yeah, yeah. Right. I absolutely thought that's what it was. I did not think he was really in the good place until we saw him later at the, you know, goodbye party. I was like, oh my god, he's actually he... here. Doug is he here, <laughs> but that's kind of sweet because Jason wanted to save his soul and he wanted to save Pillboy's soul, and he actually did like mm-hmm. he accomplished that goal so that's pretty cool yeah <laughs> um i of course looked in the background of jason's house at stupid nick's wing dump <laughs> yeah anything good there's some really wonderful menu options like <laughs> okay. it's, they're fantastic they're so funny there's the world's biggest idiot jack del rio and uh <laughs> he was a coach for the jaguars oh, okay there's also a medically induced coma with diabetes <laughs> sauce Cauliflower ear with no. not, quote unquote, gasoline. <laughs> Brain burn with fire squirts. Nice. Uh-huh. Then there was contains mercury, fruit fly infested soy sauce. Oh! Chili and peeps. Oh, nice! With mystery ranch. 
Prop, oh, yeah. nice. Prop 65 warning. And I had to look that up because the prop uh, Proposition 65 was a, um, a food and safety warning oh, okay. that they had to put out, I believe, in the 70s or 80s. And the warning label is reads... Warning, this product contains chemicals known to the state of California to cause cancer and birth defects or other reproductive harm. <laughs> okay. So, that's great. <laughs> Kool-Aid powder and glue. <laughs> and then chocolate starfish. <laughs> oh, come on, Jason, why did you like this place? <laughs> then there was the the Boomer. Add a lit M80 to your bucket for some explosive fun and flavor. The kid's meal is a 38-piece bucket. Of course, with most likely, what, like a 565-ounce drink or something? Oh, no. You know? If you want a small drink, it's 64 ounces. If you want a regular, it's 128 ounces. <laughs> or child size, 512 <laughs> ounces, which I believe is from Parks and Rec. Yeah, it's roughly the size of a small child if they were liquefied. Right. It's from what, Ponchburger? Oh, God. yeah, yeah, Ponch Burger. <laughs> they had the world-famous sauce shake, vanilla ice cream and coffee blended with your choice of sauce to form an icy hot treat. <laughs> gross. <laughs> the restaurant sounds disgusting in every oh, yeah. way. so gross. Uh, okay. Uh, I can't believe they actually still live there. If I was Janet, hell no. <laughs> but I guess For, you can better like, avoid. <laughs> thousands of years. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Jason's goodbye, the whole thing, came too quickly for me. Do you remember us watching it together for the first time? And I was like, I didn't think he would leave already. And you were like, I knew that he would. <laughs> he would have to go first. Like, I I was sure that he was going to leave first because he's the most spontaneous. Mm. And he's also the one with the least development at this point. Like, not yeah. at least, like, I'm not saying he doesn't have any character development. Yeah. But his contributions to the show has been the least influential, I think. Yeah. It, yeah. In terms of, like, he hasn't, he didn't <laughs> almost single-handedly, like, change the afterlife, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. I, I guess I imagined the ending being almost like... They all go together. Yeah. Yeah. Hand in hand. Exactly. I thought maybe their exit was going to be like that. But, you know, he goes out in a very Jason way, having finished a game of Madden. For some reason, that's his biggest goal. <laughs> and the then, perfect game of Madden. Okay, the perfect game of Madden. Um, and then he goes out, you know, with this big party. And it was actually a really sweet party. Like, it was so perfectly Jason that I, I appreciated it. It was nice. Mm -hmm. Michael and Janet's chat when he goes up to her and he says you know like are you okay and that moment made me really cry and it was it was nice to see like she is upset like she is sad that he's going to leave but she knows it's the right time for him and janet has always been so selfless mm -hmm. and that's part of like her programming right or the way that she was designed because you know not a robot <laughs> but it's it was really touching and then when we hear that janet doesn't experience time the same way and that she still feels like she's living in those moments with him that was really sweet it was like well that's why you're not completely freaking out like you know this is right for him and you don't feel like he's gone when he's gone mm -hmm. right so shout out to arrival great movie 
Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. The whole time being non-linear. Yes. Time is a big circle. Right. Because Janet is used to time being like Jeremy Baramy, (laughs) whereas the humans are used to it being point A, point B, Mm -hmm. beginning, and one straight line. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I really appreciated Michael and Janet's talk. They're... Friendship really blossomed into this, like, beautiful thing over the course of the show that I never expected back in season one when Mm -hmm. she was just his assistant, basically. Yeah. And I feel just very lucky, you know, that we've had a chance to witness it and talk about it. Back in earlier seasons, we used to talk all the time about whether or not Janet is a person. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought about that in this episode because she says she doesn't experience time like the rest of them. And then she remembers everything that happens and she doesn't have the option to go through the door. Just like Michael tries to go through it later and he can't, he gets to be human, but there's no escaping the afterlife for her. This is it. Like, Right, but we never hear anything about that from Janet herself. She doesn't say that she's upset about it. She doesn't say that it's frustrating for her or she wishes she could because... I don't think she has any, she would have any desire to. Like, she's, this is who she is. Yeah, I don't think she yearns to be human or to have a chance to go through the door and end things. I Mm -hmm. think she's just still, she's still very other, even in this episode. Like, we get to see that because she gets to, well, (laughs) she is the one who says goodbye to everyone, you know? Well, goodbye to our core group, Yes, apparently, according to Jason. There are other Janets that come and probably see other people off. There's going to be lots of great fan fiction out there about Janet (laughs) and what she's doing afterwards. But yeah, it made me sad for her because she she is now living like the rest of eternity without some of these people. And that's that's sad. Even though I know she experiences time differently, it still makes me sad. (laughs) Yeah, because we have no idea what that's like. Like we can't comprehend that type of experience. Yeah, so I just thought of that. I know we landed on, you know, yes, Janet is a person in her own way. I'm not going to bring that back up. But just it made me think of of, uh, of all the arguments we used to have mm-hmm. and still how how other she is, even in this last moment, and yet still so human. Yeah. I appreciated um, Kristen Bell's acting as soon as... Jason says he's ready to go. Yeah. She gets this look on her face like, uh-oh, it's beginning. Like, we're starting to dissolve. And if he goes, then, you know, who's next? And we gave everybody the option of this door, but I didn't think any of us would actually end up needing it. I thought we'd be here forever together. As soon as one person leaves, then that begins the, the whole sequence of events. Yeah, yeah, I... Um, I love that Jason wanted Janet to remember him so badly. Uh, I thought the little necklace was very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did watch the the after show and Darcy Carden was wearing the necklace as a bracelet. Aw. And it was very sweet. Very cute. It was really nice that he's at peace about her finding love again. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not even worried about that. We're not going to make that an issue, which is great. It's like they have this relationship and they know that they love each other, but they also are aware that because of the door and because of who Jason is, and he will go through time. the door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that things will eventually end, but that doesn't mean that they weren't important. Mm-hmm. And I like that he uses Laura Croft as an example <laughs> a potential love interest not only because that's a fictional character dude (laughs) 
but that it's a woman and he's like, hey, you never know who Janet's going to fall in love with. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, (laughs) I thought that was great. And I felt like that whole moment, because we didn't see him go through the door at first, and I didn't expect him to have stayed in the woods for, you know, (laughs) hundreds of of baramies or whatever. I didn't expect that. Um, But that whole moment foreshadows him not leaving until he can give her that gift, right? He didn't want to leave until he had given her something as a memento. Yeah. Jason's very good at making these predictions he doesn't even realize are accurate. <laughs> he says, oh, this is a party that he'll never forget until he walks through the door and dissolves into the universe. Yeah. Which is, of course, what happens. Right. Like, you just dissolve into the universe. It's and... not like Afterlife Part 2 Electric Boogaloo. Like, yeah. we're not doing another thing. It's yeah. your essence dissolves into the universe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And Pillboy calls Jason his Gardener Minshew. Yeah, I did not get that. Surprising no one. (laughs) Uh, And Gardener Minshew was the Jaguars quarterback who replaced Nick Foles when he was injured. And actually took over when Foles wasn't doing so well. Oh, okay. So it's like... So the pattern is there. It's like Bortles, Foils, and now Minshew. Foles. Foles. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then Minshew. So, So I'm imagining like Jason's chucking stuff and going Minshew <laughs> in the uh, subtitles they completely foobarred it they wrote guard and Minshew oh I'm like oh I guess they didn't know that was a person and a, a name didn't but know. okay yeah I did not know that was a person either I didn't know that someone's first name could be gardener oh no <laughs> no I've never heard that before well I guess I knew it could be hypothetically you can name your child spoon if you want but uh, in one of Stephen King's <laughs> older books called The Tommy Knockers, one of the main characters, his name is Guard or Gardener. Oh, yeah. okay. So Jason and Janet are walking towards the doorway, which is a beautiful arch. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason's wearing a shirt with the classic um, Great Wave of Kanagawa design. Oh, cool. So that classic oh, uh, nice. Japanese wave that everyone has in their dorm room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, I wonder if this shirt has anything to do with Chidi's whole wave I think so. I think so, yeah. (laughs) I just thought that was a cute little... Yeah. And he's the first wave to... Return to the ocean. Well, we think he's the first wave. He's actually not. But yes. (laughs) So, the doorway. Yeah. What did you think of that whole area? Very calm, peaceful, beautiful, relaxing. Unlike anything we've ever seen in The Good Place. Yeah. I natural yeah that's what I loved about it is that it was it was so (laughs) it was so nature (laughs) it was so hashtag nature um but it's all nature it looks almost untouched by humans the arch looks like it could have been made by nature itself um the only real sign of human or afterlife being uh touch really is the bench yeah so I thought that was beautiful. I liked that it was an archway and that you couldn't, like, people would just disappear, you know, or they would just dissolve. Um, But you could see that kind of the place you were going to beyond the archway was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't know if it was going to be the green door, right? Like, we just didn't know what it was going to be. And to see that it was, (sighs) to see that it looked beautiful and peaceful on the other end was calming mm-hmm. kind of reassuring I yeah guess. not like this sterile door and just like a closet somewhere 
Yeah. Like, hey, there's the door to the uh, to infinity, <laughs> or like this, you know, the suicide booths in Futurama. It's just like right. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be comedic. It was supposed to be becoming one with nature again, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. and uh, returning to the earth. And I like that it was so natural and in this beautiful wooded area uh, with these gorgeous like redwood trees and everything. I thought that was really nice too because the door is meant for humans like it's not meant for people like michael so it's not going to be in this like office building like it's going to be something that is very human and that is that kind of experience of being on earth and being surrounded by natural beauty mm-hmm. so i thought it was really appropriate i like that a lot <laughs> cue the first set of tears yeah <laughs> jason jason says to janet could you just remember the happy times and forget the bad stuff and of course she says there was no bad stuff it was all good and that was really sweet i thought that was just wonderful <laughs> yeah i started getting teary as soon as i knew jason was going to leave i was like no i'm not ready for this and this episode is titled whenever you're ready i'm just never gonna watch this episode like, how about never <laughs> I'm never ready, okay? <laughs> I'm very Eleanor in that sense. Like, I'm not ready for you to leave. I know it's right for you, but I'm not ready. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then we jump ahead 323.6 Baramis later, or if we're going by my calculations, right. 611 years. Okay. Wow, that's a long time. <laughs> and we get a special guest appearance by... Some people would think of him as Ron Swanson. I'm pretty sure it's just Nick Offerman. Yes, Um, it's just Nick. (laughs) Especially considering he's got that DIY show with Amy Poehler out. And it was listed in the credits as Nick Offerman. Yes. As himself. Yes, Uh, and he doesn't look like Ron Swanson in it. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that was was a nice little moment. Um, You know, there's no, like, joke or mention of Parks and Rec. It was just... Here is a guy who obviously has talent in this kind of stuff who is, yes, teaching Tahani how to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tahani's to-do list includes make a vegan dessert that no one suspects is vegan, uh, finish Infinite Jest, which is a giant book, and burp the alphabet. You can do it, Tahani. <laughs> so that was fun, you know. Um, she's exploring different kinds of skills. So I thought that was nice. Yeah. Beat NBA Jam on All-Star Mode. That's like... Hard. I don't even know what that is. NBA Jam was a super awesome <laughs> game from Super Nintendo. Is it it's basketball? Playing... Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's a sport video game, yeah. which I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. Okay. It was, uh, yeah, it was one of my favorite sports games growing up. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. I was very touched by the Al Jamil family being reunited. I thought that was wonderful because um, they have this second chance to live as this happy and healthy family that they never were on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice that Camilla's already been there and you can see just by her appearance that she's a different person. Like she's not trying to be eccentric and get all the attention and make sure that only everyone's looking at her and not at Tahani. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just get that from the way that she looks. She looks just like herself and not like she's trying to, I don't know, be this whole experience. Yeah, be this person that everyone <laughs> thinks could be Banksy. Right. Right? And then as soon as you see their parents, it's like, it's obvious that the system had this huge impact on them. Mm-hmm. And then through the montage, you get to see that the daughters get to compete without fighting over each other. They're playing cricket and, 
you know, high-fiving when one of them does well. There's no animosity there. There's mm-hmm. no parents pitting them against each other. The parents are, like, so much more liberal with their affection. Like, they're walking down the street and mom grabs Camilla and Tahani and kind of holds them together. And they spend time as a family doing, like, frivolous stuff, like watching Home Alone, which I thought was beautiful, too, because Jason showed Tahani Home Alone. So it's like he's still there. You know, his impact is still there. Mm -hmm. And this is, like, a very specific thing. But Tahani's mom bringing in two big bowls of, like, buckets of popcorn and giving those to her daughters, I was like, that's big because (laughs) of the way that she used to treat Tahani and constantly say stuff like, Ooh, I can see they're keeping you well fed and you look like you're going to hulk out of that dress and right. and not commenting on their appearances and trying to like make a big deal about it or undermine them. It was like, we're enjoying this film together. I'm not going to make comments about any of this stuff. I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. Um. So that was lovely. I was very happy to see that. One I know. thing I noticed is that it took them a considerable amount of time to get to the good place, <laughs> but that's okay. They made it, you know, whatever. Yeah. We're not judging on how long it takes people to right. get there, you know? Yes. <laughs> Camilla was painting waves crashing mm-hmm. against a cliff. Mm, coincidence. So, yeah, we're getting a lot of, like, wave imagery in this episode, for sure. You know, just breaking my heart over and over again. <laughs> Um, like waves breaking against the cliffside. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we see the panda appear again. Um, this time trained by Tahani and not just kind of whizzing around in the background or as some potential scheme to get out of the bad place. <laughs> yeah. So it's been thousands of days since her parents arrived yeah. and she feels like she's ready to go. Yeah. I know I said that last episode I wanted her to get a soulmate, but this is honestly so much better because this has been Tahani's story all along. Um, We get a nice final appearance from John, (laughs) which I love. That joke killed me. The quick (laughs) run-in. I'm just, I hooked up with Alexander the Great and it was more like Alexander the Fine. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I I would love if he just stayed as a (laughs) a fun regular, you know. Maybe a spinoff show of just him. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, he could be a Tahani's assistant. Oh, yeah. I like that. I want that. (laughs) (laughs) They're just so fun together. Yeah. I was really, really happy when Tahani realized that she had more that she wanted to do. Just because I was gonna be really sad if they all started going through the door (laughs) i mean i knew to expect it but i still didn't want it Mm -hmm. and i just think it's a great direction for them to have taken for her hell yes to tahani the architect like hell yes um i was sure it was gonna be eleanor right so how did that feel having it be tahani instead happily surprised okay Uh, it 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 just works like Mm -hmm. it fit tahani's Mm -hmm. growth as a person and you know, her realization of helping people, actually helping people, is so satisfying. Yeah. Like, I, guess, I think she got firsthand when mm-hmm. Jason convinced her to, like, start giving money away to people yeah. back in Australia. And she got, like, a real good feel for it. And mm. then, yeah. Yeah. It was a very satisfying way to to conclude her story. And, of course, to have it all kind of tie back to the beginning when Michael gives her the peacock bow tie which is the first bow tie he wore in the show. 
That was a beautiful moment. I thought it was great. Plus, hell yes to putting Tahani in suits. She looks so she looks good, good in suits. Yeah. Like, favorite outfit of hers, probably. She looks in the good in show. overalls, too. So, let's She be wore honest. overalls. She, like, voluntarily wore overalls. Tahani has had much growth. Yes. <laughs> Do you remember her in those like cargo pants? <laughs> with the... Season two, episode one. Yeah, with so the... many pockets. <laughs> with the Crocs, those were oh, great. <laughs> so Tahani is on her way to becoming, um, you know, an, an intern with the architects. Yeah, and they pass by Jeff, the doorman, mm-hmm. and his enthusiasm for frogs is waning. I know, that was so, so sad. many of them, and yeah, it's so sad to see him just like, oh, okay, we'll throw it on the pile, like, yeah. add it to my collection. I love frogs. <sighs> so it's great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. It oh. was, you know, it's just like The Good Place. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that was, that reminded me of, like, when you have a hobby or you have something, like, you're a collector of something, and people keep giving you gifts that relate to that for every single like holiday or birthday or whatever. And it starts to get a little stale. Like Mm. you start to eventually go, yeah, I've got a lot of these now. I'm kind of running out of room. (laughs) And, uh, but then we get to see Michael shake it up by actually giving him a real frog. A real frog. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, holy crap. And how did no one think to give him a real frog before? Yeah. Or like a frog hat. Or a frog tie. You know, I'm just saying, there are a lot of options here. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I also appreciated that Tahani is training under Glenn, but she's also training under Beattie. And Beattie is the good place architect from the medium place welcome video that we saw way back in season one. When it was her and Trevor introducing Mindy to the medium place. Hmm. Yeah, that's her. Cool. Yeah. So I thought that was great. Good place architect working with a bad place architect to make this test. And then Tahani comes in and she's this sort of neutral party because she's a human being. Right. Um, Yeah, I thought that was really nice. And I like that she's humble enough to work her way up. She doesn't expect to just come in and like, oh, yes, I am Tahani Al-Jamil and I will be the architect now. I know what I'm doing. (laughs) May I have everyone's attention? Nobody look at me. (laughs) I was looking online and someone made a comment that Tahani is kind of a, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of this, bodhisattva in Buddhism. So a person who's able to reach nirvana, but delays doing so out of compassion in order to save suffering beings. That's Tahani to a T. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Like she, she was ready to go uh, until she realized that she could actually be more useful helping people. And yeah, I thought that was really cool because there's a lot of like, there's a lot of Buddhism and like Eastern philosophy and spirituality in this episode, especially with the the wave analogy that we get. Mm-hmm. But Tahani's also one of those analogies. She, the show is not so much doing like a, because some people have argued too. I saw some stuff on like a very religious uh, website talking about how the final season of The Good Place shows that The Good Place is not really a good place without a god. Um, and that's why everyone was bored because oh, there's why. no god. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and that they clearly were promoting assisted suicide and all this kind of stuff, right? Mm. And it's more just, it, it's everybody like 
having the chance to continue to grow and change once they have died and to reach this stage of enlightenment, basically. And then to leave once they have reached that state of enlightenment. And a lot of like Eastern philosophy and spirituality, like a lot of that, it's not this idea of living forever, like Mm -hmm. immortality or like an afterlife where you just live for eternity there with your God or friends or whatever. It's actually leaving and getting to that state of enlightenment and then returning to the universe. Like that's kind of the point, like reincarnation. A lot of it is like wanting to get out of the cycle of reincarnation and eventually be enlightened and move on from life. Mm -hmm. Right. That's like the goal. So that's kind of, this show goes in that direction, especially in these last few episodes, right? It moves from this kind of like black and white, like heaven and hell that we get in the first season to a much more gray. Yeah. So much more. Way to go, Tahani. <laughs> yeah. We get the wonderful name dropping as a little gauche. <laughs> that was beautiful. She's learned how to like rip on herself. She can make fun of herself now. It's great. Yep. <laughs> oh goodness good stuff so we jump ahead Mm -hmm. 661.7 baramies later which is around 1250 years okay and we have eleanor and chidi eleanor and chidi i love that chidi has finally learned to appreciate garbage books (laughs) i thought that was such a good (laughs) the way he just pronounces that the way he enunciates garbage books (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> will is so good yes. he's got fantastic delivery i can't wait to see what he does next um, he's the only reason to rewatch midsummer <laughs> not true i know not true but he was a he was a good addition to that movie yes, yes. um <laughs> yeah i i thought that was a lot of fun like just it's so great because Chidi has always taken reading as this like very serious task and now it's nice to see that he's like enjoying himself in the Mm -hmm. afterlife I mean it came a little late he seemed to have realized he wants to leave already but like reading can sometimes just be for fun and that's okay yeah (laughs) um and we now know that Eleanor and Chidi's parents made it to the good place Mm -hmm. which is for Eleanor's parents baffling Especially Eleanor's dad. Yeah. Which isn't mentioned at all. But then later when you see her calendar and if you zoom in on it, she has like hanging out with dad or like dinner with dad on it. So now you know that her dad made it to the good place. I know the one mark was Hawaii with mom and Dave. Yeah. But I didn't see any about her dad. Yeah. There was some stuff about dad. Yeah. Like dinner with dad or something like that. Like a date with dad basically. And Mm. I was like, oh, dad made it, huh? Okay. (laughs) I bet it took dad a little while to go through the system. Yeah, no kidding. Because at least mom seemed to have improved. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, this whole... This whole sequence just makes me sad. We just skip it, just go right to the end. No, and we then, have to... And then the rest of the episode happened and everyone lived happily ever after. Yeah, and Chidi never leaves. And it doesn't make me cry every single time I watch it. And i watched it now many times. It kills me when Chidi says he's ready to leave and Eleanor says, you don't have to leave me. That was very upsetting. Because <laughs> Eleanor, she's... She does... She wants him to stay for her yeah, and because she loves him. Yeah, obviously. She loves him. She wants to be with him. She's happy with him. But she also doesn't want to be alone. Yeah. So. 
she's she's like very conflicted in that yeah the struggle well it's you know this chosen family of hers is now splitting up and leaving and that's terrifying for her (laughs) and it doesn't help that michael's on her side as well like oh yeah we definitely have to get him to stay and and of course michael wants because he's very much like eleanor (laughs) well yeah and michael needs eleanor to because he feels like he needs her and to have his own purpose like Mm -hmm. his if if she's gone and if chidi's gone then what's he left with right nothing like he's left with janet but he just that's his whole those are his friends yeah so that's his family yeah so he's like i will help you do whatever you you need to get him to stay absolutely yeah and we've got janet the voice of reason saying like if he's ready to go you gotta let him go and yeah and of course they're like no i'm sorry we're in denial town right now Mm -hmm. we are not in acceptanceville okay Mm -mm, yeah mm -mm. (laughs) and the moment that chidi describes having this like this feeling of uh quiet quietitude however that you say that word um was when his mom kissed eleanor goodbye and she had lipstick on her cheek and eleanor's mom wiped it away mm-hmm. what do you think of that moment very motherly um family moment like everything is just so natural now and so comfortable there's nothing left no mother-daughter moments need to happen again that was the final that was all that was left it's just this simple act of wiping away a bit of makeup. Mm-hmm. Just like a mom would do. Yeah. That Eleanor never had growing up. Well, yeah. she had a mom, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. she didn't have a mom. She had, you know. She had a biological mother. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I wasn't really sure how to interpret that because it's like, well, why that moment? And he says it too. He's like, I don't know why. But there was something about it that just clicked and... yeah. It was probably that complete, that completeness. Yeah. Like, there's nothing more that needs to happen. Yeah. And I got, I got the sense that it was kind of like he knew that Eleanor would still be loved and taken care of when he Mm. was gone. Mm -hmm. And so he felt finally at peace moving on, knowing that he wouldn't really be leaving her alone. Like she says, I'm going to be alone, but she's got her friends. She's got her family there. Like, she wouldn't be by herself. And yes, it will absolutely be heartbreaking for her, but he knows that she will be taken care of, and I think it's very sweet. And then, of course, when Eleanor's crying and she says, I was alone my whole life, and I told myself I like it that way, but I don't. Ah! (laughs) That was so sad. Just like Mindy St. Clair. (laughs) Yes! Yes! Oh, I'm glad that we brought Mindy back for that moment, too. That was very sweet. Um, yeah, so the wave speech is absolutely going to make me cry every single time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eleanor saying, I owe it to you to let you go. And then the music starts up the second the music starts up and they're like happily together, laughing, having a, t- you know, just the final moments. It immediately, I'm like, I'm bawling like a child, like just <laughs> sobbing. <sighs> um, yeah. when... Obviously, Chidi is not stupid. He knows that Eleanor is trying to get him to stay when she takes him on those little trips, little outings. Yeah, he Um, knows her. (laughs) Chidi says that if it means that much, then he'll stay. And there's still plenty to do. And that was, I I thought that was really interesting because a lot of people would say online, like, 
Well, you would never get tired. There, there's always going to be something to do. You could always, you know, revisit all your movies or all the movies that have yet to come out or read all the books <laughs> that haven't been written yet or blah, 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 blah. You could go to literally every city right, in Exactly. The world. You could literally go anywhere and do anything. You could never do it all. And yeah. isn't that, I think that's part of it is just because you can doesn't mean you want to. Like mm -hmm. you have the option to do it all, but so... Yeah. Maybe that's just not what you're interested in. Maybe you don't need to do everything yeah. to find happiness. <laughs> yeah. Or to get bored. And the knowledge that there's still more out there may not necessarily be enough to keep you. Because there's always going to be more out there. Yeah. Do you think that's what it is? Like, do you think it's them getting to a point where they're like, there's not really anything more that I want to do? It's not so much that as it is, I'm happy with what. I have done right instead of I'm satisfied with the the time that I had kind of yeah thing. sure there's books that I haven't read yet or you know places I haven't visited yet but that, that's okay I'm yeah. fine with that yeah I don't need them to feel complete right okay yeah <laughs> when uh when Eleanor told Chidi to say goodbye to her then and then leave before she woke up man could I not disagree more <laughs> I thought to myself, no way I could do that. Uh-uh. Because waking up alone would crush me. But it was nice because I, I, that's what I expected. Like, I expected her to wake up alone and to be overwhelmed by grief. But then to just see this calendar that he made for her and know that he made this decision for himself and that it was the right thing for him was, like, it was very comforting. Yeah, it's really sweet. And now they actually have those calendars available to buy. Uh, they do not have the whole, like, Jeremy Bear Me timeline to it. It's just, I think, a 2021 calendar. But it is out there. So, <laughs> hint, course. hint for... Much to uh, William Jackson Harper's chagrin. <laughs> hint, hint for uh, anybody who wants to uh, buy us that calendar. Or maybe Jason, if you want to get that for me. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, well, maybe not funny, but... A part of me, a, a, a decent part of me, I'd say more, less than 50% of me, um, thought that when Chidi said he was going to wander around his old neighborhood and he'd meet Eleanor at the restaurant later, that he would just leave. Oh, no way. That he he would, would not do that to her. I know. Yes. But okay. part of me thought that maybe he would because he knew that Eleanor was going to keep trying to get him to stay and all that. And if that did happen in the show, I would be so upset and I would hate the finale and I would be very disappointed because that would be a super selfish thing for him to do. Yeah, no. To do that without warning? No, thank you. And then Eleanor wouldn't have the closure that she needed and yeah, it would just be, yeah. But no. there was still that part of me that was like, he's going to walk away. Like when he kissed her goodbye, it was like, I'll meet you at the restaurant and he did a little forehead kiss and like, I was like, oh my God. Uh, is that gonna no wow see i didn't even think about that like that didn't cross my mind at all so man i'm, I'm glad i didn't experience that panic <laughs> although every time i've watched the episode again i kind of wonder like what's the purpose of seeing him walk through the streets on his own and then look up at his old apartment like what are we doing here maybe part of it well i know part of it was give eleanor the time to come to that realization that she needed to let him go well, then how come we're not focusing on Eleanor? Because what's she going to do? Just sit there? Well, she could have wandered around. I mean, he just wandered around. Right? Yeah. I guess I'm just like, 
I'm wondering because... I think maybe it was he was just trying to pr- convince himself that he's making the right decision. Like, he went all these places and realized, yeah, I'm still happy with, you know, I've, I don't need to revisit all these places again. I'm happy with my decision to leave. I don't know. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear from, like, any any listeners if they think that like what they think of that scene because every time I watch it I'm kind of like what are we doing here and I know that every second of this episode is so important so I'm having a hard time understanding what we're doing I think it was just better than the alternative right of Eleanor literally walking around contemplating (laughs) hmm hmm yeah is it right for me to do this hmm being selfish right now yeah you know is it my turn to take a selfish Hmm, go to the bar and talk to the bartender and come to a conclusion no i don't know yeah no eleanor's grown up enough that she doesn't need a bartender to help her through so the last party with eleanor and chidi and Mm -hmm. michael and janet um it was a very chidi party (laughs) and it was very personal and intimate yes so so intimate and so personal that we're not a part of it like, as viewers, we Aww. don't hear any of it. We just have the music. We don't hear the laughter. We don't hear their conversations. They're reminiscing. Mm-hmm. It's just... We don't know why GD is, like, burying himself yeah. <laughs> on Eleanor's lap. Yeah, like... We don't hear their stories. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was really great. I just kind of wish that Tahani was part of it because she wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. It's kind of a bummer. She's doing her, her thing, right? Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't even think about that. Oh, honey, wasn't there. Yeah, she should have been, for sure. Hmm. And then we get Jason's end. Uh, Janet brings Cheaty and he goes through the door and then, whoop, it turns out Jason didn't actually leave. Surprise! <laughs> Which is great. It was a really fun moment. I was like, I was completely shocked. Yeah. So that was nice. Yeah, me too. I was like, uh, wait, what? <laughs> oh, dip. Yeah. And Janet's smile when she sees him again made the whole thing so worth it. Like, she was clearly so delighted. And that made me really happy, too. Mm. You know, it's like, Janet was honestly so happy to see him. It doesn't matter that, like, she doesn't experience time like everybody else does. This is more more for her to be able to relive again and again, right? Yeah. So yeah. It, it had been, like, a thousand baramies. Which <laughs> it's a is long like time. <laughs> almost 2,000 years of... <laughs> Jason wandering around and accidentally becoming a monk. Yeah. I thought that was great too, you know? He was still growing by the end. Mm-hmm. And clearly at that point, he was just like, I just sat and I thought about the universe. And so it was like, he was really, really ready to go. And I love his, wait up, genie! <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> just great. running after him. Yeah. Hmm. Aww. <sighs> so then Eleanor wakes up and she's got her calendar uh, and on the calendar, other than the the dad thing, I also noticed a few other things. She had yoga with The Rock, dinner with Simone. Uh, she had Frida Kahlo from 8 p.m. to question mark, question mark, question mark. So clearly they're doing a little making out. Uh, Hawaii with Mom and Dave, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Madison and Samuel's wedding. So one of her friends, Madison, mm-hmm. who I believe was the dress bitch. Yeah, I think that's Madison. She's clearly getting married to someone in the afterlife, which is cool. And best of all, teach class. Several teach classes. Ah! So she, she took over. She took over. I'm so proud of her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I kind of wish we had like had a chance to see that because it's such a little moment that if you're just watching and you didn't 
have the chance to pause and then zoom in and then read it like we did, you miss that whole part that mm-hmm. she took over for Chidi. And that's huge. That's yeah. so cool. I would like an extended cut of this episode. Yes, please. I feel like there's definitely a few shots that were cut. Some yeah. scenes that seemed like they were abruptly ended. Uh, but, yeah. Um, uh, the actual best part of the calendar is Stone Cold's One Man Show. I couldn't read that one. That's the one I was like, what is this? Yeah. Oh, that's great. And I didn't see <laughs> I didn't see Yoga with the Rock. I just saw Lunch with the Rock. Oh, yeah. I saw Yoga with I saw with Dinner with Simone. And yeah. 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 But yeah, Stone Cold's One Man Show, Bring Flowers. <laughs> Cute. Oh, I love it. She didn't want to bring the uh, the bedpan with her. <laughs> That's probably somewhere in the house. <laughs> oh, man. So then we go and see Mindy. Uh, and that was a great moment, too. Like, for Eleanor. Like, she's searching for the next thing. She is... To, she wants to find it, right? Like, she's not just waiting for it to happen at some point she's actively looking for it yeah and has been for 3.22 baramies yeah or approximately six years yeah since chidi left yeah oh six years geez that's like nothing so in her mind she's like i should be ready to go right like jason's Mm -hmm. gone chidi's gone tahani's doing her thing so i should be ready to go right and so it's nice that she's thinking of like, okay, well, what, what will help me? But the way to help her is to help somebody else. And it's, it's like, Mindy. it's like a, a ghost's unfinished business, yes. right? They're trying to figure out why am I still here? Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was sweet. Mindy at the end saying like, Hey, I don't, I don't care about myself. So I'm glad that you do. Like, that was nice. Cause mm-hmm. that was Eleanor season one. It like, really was. Didn't care about the type of person she was and figured fine. You know, whatever. I was meant to go to the bad place, but then she had Chidi. People who cared about her. Yeah. And then we get Michael and his story, which is amazing. And I laughed so hard when Michael came and was like, I'm just going to go through the door now. I'm, I'm done. I'm returning my damn essence to the damn fabric of the damn universe. <laughs> Honestly, put that on my gravestone. Like, just, just done. That's what I want. Um, oh, I can feel it working. I'm going. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> no, no, no. I just need a piggyback ride. Like that, the whole. Okay, that whole piggyback moment was so unexpectedly funny in this yeah. like serious <laughs> section of the show. I'm like, this is great. Yeah, that was, uh, that was quite the cherry on top. Um, and then we get Michael as a human. I did not know that I needed this, but I did. I'm very glad it happened. <laughs> I was just like. What what is what could possibly happen? And the moment he says, "Oh, I'm just gonna putter around like an old retiree," it was like, "Oh my god, nowhere! This is this show gonna do this? You really? Could totally do that? Are you really? But I thought when she was telling him, like, you're gonna go to Earth and you're going to live and die and all this stuff, I kind of thought, okay, so does that mean Michael? We're gonna see like Michael being born and then right, get like a montage, fresh. yeah, like as a baby, and then you know get to see like." Parts of his childhood and teenage and adult, like the whole thing. Where mm-hmm. are we going to see all that? But no, nope. we get Ted dancing right from the beginning. So like he clearly becomes human in his 60s and that's cool. He's still got lots of time. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I'm kind of glad we didn't do like a giant montage of his life. It was just, huh, here I am and I still have all my memories, but now I get to do the things that humans do. Yeah. So. It was beautiful. And that little cameo of Mary Steenberger. 
Yes, his, his wife. His actual wife. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was beautiful. Um, and he's got a dog named Jason, it's and a his giant bo- dog. And his collar is blue, just the same blue as the Jacksonville Jaguars jerseys. It was beautiful. I love that. I think that's so sweet. Oh. <laughs> and we have Janet acting like Michael's worried mom, mm-hmm. saying like, take care you of know, yourself. take care of yourself. You have to watch your blood pressure. You have blood now. <laughs> and of course, I thought of like every moment in this series where Michael is like making fun of human beings and their stupid bodies. And I'm like, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish we saw like the first moment he uh, like an outside shot of him in the bathroom. Like, whoa, this is wild. That's what this is like. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like in kind of like in the Rob Schneider movie, The Hot Chick, when he goes to the bathroom the first time, like in the bar i think and it's just he's like oh how do you do this like and it's just going everywhere (laughs) yeah Yeah, no he doesn't know how to how to work a penis (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah so the whole michael becoming human and then the beautiful montage of him just like burning his hands on the hungry man dinner (laughs) and then just laughing as it's on the floor he's like oh this is great i love it (laughs) and then doing the thing where he's texting someone that he's five minutes away because he doesn't actually want to go and yeah, it was great. It was beautiful to see Michael get to finally be the thing that he's he's always wanted to be and never had, you know, the faintest idea that he ever could be. Mm-hmm. So it's really sweet. <sighs> and then we have Eleanor. And Eleanor's sweater has six stripes, one for each of the members of Team Cockroach. Mm. And that was confirmed by Kristen Bell on Twitter. Mm. That's what they did. I thought that was beautiful and it makes me cry because it's like she's being held by every single one of them in her final oh so it's a very nice way to think about it yeah <laughs> yeah now when i die i want to have a sweater that just has like little pieces of like all the people's clothes that like i love so, so like a patchwork yeah like a patchwork blazer with like pieces Skin. of like no, not skin. Gross. What am I, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> guy? Whatever. Leatherface. That guy, yeah. No, I'm not him. I don't want to, like, wear shoes made out of my dad's feet. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, like a blazer with, like, little patches of, like, you know, one of my dad's, like, rugby shirts and, like, one of my mom's blouses and one mm-hmm. of, like, your, I don't know, shirts or whatever. Like, that would be so cute. Mm-hmm. The whole idea is very sweet. I liked her sweater. So, and then Eleanor and Janet's goodbye was very, very sweet. Janet gets a little teary. And so, what did you think of the end? I saw mixed reviews online of like, like of the what final happens. Moments? Yeah, I thought it was super obvious what happens, but that's just <laughs> the way I saw it. Okay. Was... So, what was your super obvious interpretation of it? To me, it felt like. When you step through the door, you go back into the universe and a little part of you becomes a little thought, a good thought in somebody else's mind. Like right. that little voice in the back of their head that tells them they can be better. Right. Yeah. Just like when Eleanor was, you know, she found that wallet of that dude in Australia and tried to take it and <laughs> take the money and why can't I take it and... So she goes and that stupid voice convinces her to return it and she feels good about it and she's annoyed, but she's still, <laughs> you know, that was somebody returning to the 
the void of the universe. Yeah, especially since the whole timeline is all Jeremy Baramy. Maybe that was... Maybe that was cheaty. Don't make me cry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah that, it just to me it felt like you you return your essence to the world and become a good thought. A lot of people were like, oh, so you become like people's sub, like their subconscious. And I was like, well, I don't really feel like that's it. I feel like you're just like it's a more fluid kind of like goodness. Yeah. Like your your essence just like returns to earth and like you put goodness out into the world. Right, and like, for sure. However that manifests, like, it for this guy, it was, like... A good deed. Yeah, like, it was a little voice in his head saying, don't throw that away. Mm-hmm. Bring it back to somebody. So... I mean, I don't think that it's, like, literally her consciousness becomes this yeah. voice. Like, oh, now she's got to ride around in this jabroni's head. And, like... <laughs> no, it's that's not... <laughs> yeah, Eleanor's not just sitting in there going, hey, dude, do that. Do this. Right. Do that. This isn't Black Mirror. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> I heard from some people that they wish it had faded to white once Eleanor went through the door because they didn't really want to see how it ended up. But I think, I think it was beautiful. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very satisfying to know what happened, I guess. Because like we, none of us are actually sure about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for the show to give us that kind of closure was very special. I appreciated that we got a little bit of comfort thinking that maybe that's what happens when we're gone. Yeah, it's a little bit of a message as well. Like, this is what, you know, I kind of want to believe to be the afterlife. Like, what I want to happen. Yeah. I just put a little bit more good into the world. Yeah, and that's why a lot of people do certain things on Earth. Like, to leave that legacy of Mm -hmm. good deeds behind, right? Yeah, Yeah. fading to white would have been too easy. Hmm. And I think it would have been a little bit frustrating. Yeah, for some people it was like, I didn't want to know. Or I wanted the show to... I mean, it's still up for interpretation, absolutely. Like, maybe not everybody... Maybe there's, you know, other things. Maybe that's just a tiny part of Eleanor's essence that goes into this... True. You know, this dude. And maybe she spreads around the love, and who knows? Yeah. It could be anything. But that's just one small example that the show decided to to give to us. Yeah. And it gives us that... um, Excellent closing line mm-hmm. of take it sleazy. <laughs> I can't believe that's the last line of the show. <laughs> but it is preceded with Michael saying, you know, like with all the love in my heart and with all the knowledge in the universe, this is what I say to you. And he means it with genuine affection. So that mm-hmm. was sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So Eleanor <sighs> has returned to the ocean. Her wave has returned to the ocean. Yeah. And so has the show. And so is this show. So is this show. But this isn't the final episode of our podcast. No. (laughs) We have at least least one more. (laughs) Yeah. Since this is kind of a a longer episode, we plan on doing uh, another episode, which will include uh, our mailbag. So we're going to address a lot of questions, um, comments, thoughts people had about the final episode and the, the show as a whole. And we will discuss the series as a whole in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so that should be a lot of fun. Yeah. So send us some more stuff. We definitely have a, a, a good chunk of mail um, that we were thinking of doing in this episode until we realized how much we both had to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for everyone who's sent something so far. And don't be afraid to, uh, to send us more. Yeah, because we're looking forward to talking about the entire series and everybody's thoughts on 
this episode and the show as a whole. Yeah. Now knowing where it ends, how do you feel about all the other stuff? Yeah. Knowing where it ends can give you new insight in how it began. Yeah. Just like life. Absolutely. (laughs) This was Forking Bullshit, a multiverse radio production. Uh, If you like the show, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and spread the word. So if your friend is still crying about the finale, tell them about us. Let them know that I am also still crying about the finale. (laughs) If your friend is just starting the show because they heard it ended in a great note, they thought, well, maybe I should check out this Good Place show. You can listen along with us. Yeah. Our season one episodes are spoiler free. Yeah. And then all the seasons after that because we were recording them as the season was happening. (laughs) Perfect. So even though the show is over, um, we're still doing another episode and we're always happy to chat about the show. So come find us on Twitter at Multiverse Radio and Facebook at Multiverse Radio Podcast and use the hashtag FBullshirt. And if you have an essay long email, which we love to read, please send it to info at multiverseradio.ca. If you have any ideas uh, what we should do next for our possible show... That we do a podcast about. <laughs> We've had a few different... We've had a few suggestions. A uh, few different suggestions, but we welcome any and all suggestions. Go for it. Uh, leftovers? <laughs> <laughs> I see what's number one on his list. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. I'm Vivian. I'm Jason. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>